Welcome to another episode of Investees. This week on Investees, we are going to talk about IPOs, initial public offering. This is when a company decides that they are going to go public. We have received news that Shein has privately filed to potentially IPO in 2024. This means that you will be able to purchase a piece of Shein and capitalize on any profits that they make throughout the duration of their business. There are a couple of other companies that are potentially going to IPO in 2024, and that's Skims by Kim Kardashian and Reddit. I thought this would be a really great opportunity to cover what an IPO is, talk a little bit more about publicly traded companies so that we can follow along as these companies IPO. I do think that these are companies that the culture is more aware of. And so I'm kind of wondering if this trend is going to bring more interest into publicly traded companies. At least that's the hope. Let's start by understanding the market at a fundamental level. First, let's talk about publicly traded companies. A publicly traded company is a company whose ownership is held by people who own shares of its stock. The stock is intended to be freely traded on a stock exchange. I want you to think of the stock exchange as a centralized location where you can digitally purchase stock. Look at it as an online store where instead of purchasing products or services, you are purchasing a piece of a company. Why would a company want to become publicly traded? And what is the process of becoming a publicly traded company? Let's use La Nopalera as an example. For those that don't know, La Nopalera has taken some of the steps that would actually set her up with a perfect company to one day IPO. La Nopalera is a high-end brand that specializes in amazing collections of soap, lotion, and body wash products. The brand has gained immense popularity in a short period of time thanks to the impressive quality of the products. Besides their products, the founder of the brand, Sandra Velasquez, is equally impressive for having gone through the process of launching this company from ground zero to going through the process of raising money. This makes for a perfect example to understand the journey towards becoming an IPO, an initial public offering. Sandra Velasquez has not taken those steps yet, but it would not be surprising as she's already taken the initial steps towards that journey. So we're going to use her company as an example today to help us understand why someone would want to IPO and the process of becoming an IPO. Sandra currently lives in Brooklyn. She's been there for many years. However, she grew up in San Diego, California, and had an abundant access, as many of us do growing up in California, to nopales. 
She understood the richness of a nopal, the nutrients it provides, and how healthy it is for our skin. Yet, we never see this product implemented into any beauty products, as opposed to aloe vera, where it is slapped on every label and sold everywhere. Nopalera identified a need for a product to be mass distributed with a beneficial component. She also added another important layer to her business idea, which was to develop a luxury product. This isn't something that we often see in brown products as we're stigmatized for having cheap and expensive products. It doesn't matter whether it is clothes, it doesn't matter whether it is beauty products or food, we are always expected to be the cheaper option. And so I love to see Sandra breaking those barriers. Sandra has this genius idea for a product. She begins to develop her mailing list and starts marketing a product that she doesn't even have in hand. She kicks off her business by launching an email list, an email list that she garnered from ads that she produced on Facebook where she had specific tags to target her client. I believe one of the tags were female and likes salsa. Off of this ad, she was able to generate a significant amount of emails and that is who she sold her products to at the start. I love Sandra's approach to business. One of the things I teach a lot in class in Wealth Warrior, the course, and in just other money workshops that I have is that every single item that we purchase, that we have, is an idea that started in someone's head. The difference between an entrepreneur and someone that has an idea in their head is simply the manifestation of it. It is simply the execution of taking the steps necessary to make that product a reality, to take the thought out of your head and turn it into something that generates money. I always say this, money starts with a thought. Sandra and every other entrepreneur that has an idea and executes that idea is producing money out of thin air. Sandra decided to invest in herself after building her mailing list and building a campaign of a product that would be coming soon. She takes the resources she has, uses those resources, whether it is existing assets or credit lines, and begins to invest in the actual material needed to produce the products that were once an idea in her head. The quality of the products that she was producing and the quality of the packaging along with the branding attracted what would become her core audience that would then sustain her. With this core audience, she was able to get into small boutiques as well as over 300 Nordstrom stores. However, it wasn't enough for her to scale and make the company even bigger. This is something that is really important because as small business owners, sometimes we simply stay focused on what is within reach and we stray away from thinking bigger and scaling. 
In order for a small business to scale, what is typically needed is more money, much more money, because it requires more money to develop more product, as well as bringing the cost down for the materials that are used to produce the product. This is when a small business needs to then consider investors. This takes a completely different type of mentality. This is full-blown, I'm investing in myself, I have already taken the risk, and now I'm going to allow for others to invest in me. I'm going to allow for others to own a piece of my company so that I can maximize the potential of my brand. And unfortunately, we don't have enough people of color scaling in this way. Sandra became very clear on how much equity she was going to give up in her business. Equity is the amount of ownership that you are giving to someone else who is an investor. We actually got to see her deny equity to some really big investors on Shark Tank, which was truly a monumental moment for so many of us. Shortly after Shark Tank, she was able to raise well over what she was asking on the show for less equity. Sandra Velasquez raised over $2 million. She was able to expand her product line, manufacture more products, and decrease the cost. She was able to scale. This process is referred to as raising money for private investors. I'm, of course, oversimplifying the process, but all in all, generally, this is the journey. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the journey of moving from raising money privately to raising money publicly. This past Black Friday was record-breaking, with a big caveat the records weren't broken from in-store purchasing. They were actually broken from online purchases. Black Friday sales reached 9.8 billion in the United States, up from 7.5% last year. What also surged from this online shopping was shares for retail stocks. This is one of the reasons why it is important to become an investor in the stock market so that not only are you consuming, but you're also the beneficiary of the revenue that a publicly traded company is making. However, with that being said, I think it is even more important to make sure that we are shopping our small businesses like Nopalera. This episode is not sponsored by Nopalera. Sandra Velasquez has no idea that we are producing this episode. I just want to strongly urge us that as we are spending money through the holidays, we make sure to shop small and shop brown. And we are back. All right. So typically before a company IPOs, before their initial public offering, they already have a trajectory of 
raising money and having private investors. This sort of creates a reputation in raising capital. It allows us to see that the company was successful, that private investors were interested. It's also extremely important to see that the CEO of the company or the founder of the company has the ability to raise money. These are all important credentials to have before moving towards the process of becoming an IPO. It's ideal to have private investors who are experienced in taking a company public. If the current private investors have a reputation for successfully navigating this process, this is a great sign. The stock market gets excited about the potential of an IPO. The company's reputation and private investors' track record go hand in hand in making this experience a positive one, and of course, a one that is profitable. It's also equally important to have a founder that has already raised money. The ability to simply raise money is part of the founder's track record. For example, La Nopalera getting an offer on Shark Tank is part of her reputation. She had investors that were interested in her brand. Her saying no is also a positive. Her then turning around and raising much more than she was looking to raise on Shark Tank is another positive. It's her ability to raise money. There's a charismatic factor also involved in this, that she can get investors to fall in love with her product just as she can get consumers to fall in love with her product. This is the type of company that you want to become an investor in. You want to love the vision of the CEO. You want to love what they have already created. And so this makes for La Nopalera to be on track to potentially one day IPO. The initial public offering is the very first time a company goes public and the stock is available for purchase on a stock exchange. Prior to going public, this company would be referred to as a private company as we've already discussed. IPOs go through extreme scrutiny and a really long approval process, which is really important. There is a committee called the SEC or the Securities Exchange Commission that scrutinize all the companies. They look at all of their financials. They make sure that the company is legit. They make sure that there isn't anything that is being hidden from the public. They basically just make sure that they've dotted their I's and crossed their T's. They have taken all of the proper steps to become a publicly traded company. The SEC is in place to safeguard and protect investors. Do they always protect investors and safeguard them? No. The SEC has made mistakes. They have had companies go public that then later turn out to be fraudulent. But there is that initial level of scrutiny that they go through with the SEC. And the scrutiny doesn't just end at the initial public offering. They are scrutinized by the SEC continuously throughout the entire time that they are a publicly traded company. 
An important note is that while the SEC is scrutinizing the company and looking through their records and taking a look at all of their financial statements, as an investor, once the company goes public and we as retail investors have access to now invest into the company, we cannot see previous financial documents. So we're not able to look at their financial statements. We will only be able to look at their financial statements moving forward after the initial public offering. It's also important to note the dynamic of what happens to current executives at the company. For example, if La Nopalera was to IPO, she is no longer the owner of the company. While she may have shares and ownership in the company, she's no longer the sole owner. We as retail investors, whomever decides to invest in the company, now becomes an owner. And Sandra Lanopalera decides she wants to stay as CEO, then essentially she becomes the public's employee. She is now working for her investors. There's a common saying that is heard over and over again that publicly traded companies only care about their investors. And the answer to that is yes, they do because the investors are the owners of the company. The CEO is not the owner of the publicly traded company. They hold a CEO position and they are working for the public investors. A lot of the times we get this mixed up, most especially with polarizing CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg, Tim Cook, Elon Musk, we tend to think that they own the company and while they may hold a lot of shares in the company as a collective those that are investors are owners and the ceos need to work in order to satisfy the investors just another reason for communities of color to begin investing in the stock market so that these publicly traded companies have no choice but to honor what we care about a perfect example of a company wanting to appease its investors, or in this case, potential investors, is Shein, the company that we talked about in the beginning of this episode. Shein has confidentially filed to go public. A confidential filing is when the company files privately and has private exchanges with the Securities Exchange Commission in order to clean up any paperwork that needs to be cleared before the announcement is public. Whatever is cleaned up is going to eventually make itself public, but in the meantime, they can do this in privacy and they can still back out of becoming a public company. Xi'an is a fast fashion company that was originally founded in China. Their last valuation, meaning the last time that their value was determined, came in at $66 billion. They have grown exponentially and the public is paying attention investors are paying attention to the company's growth now they have recently come under severe scrutiny and they have been working to clean this up I would say in the last year they're being accused of obviously fast fashion 
and the detriment that that can be to the earth, so harming the environment. They've also been accused of forced labor in its supply chain and violating labor laws. And they've also been accused of stealing designs from independent artists. In efforts to change the dialogue, they did launch a campaign where they sent influencers out to their factories in China to show that they aren't in violation of any laws, that the employees are happy and enjoy working there. This PR campaign completely backfired on not only Xi'an, but on the influencers that participated. They've since changed directions in not using influencers to sort of clean up the mess or change the image. And instead, they have been more forward-facing, meaning the executives have been speaking about the company. And in a lot of their messaging, they have gone from not calling it fast fashion to launching a campaign, calling it real-time retail. Shein is expected to IPO in 2024, and as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we are also expecting Reddit and Skims by Kim Kardashian to also IPO. I do hope that with the efforts of the culture moving in this way, like Kim Kardashian being interested in venture capital, as well as wanting Skims to become a publicly traded company, that the culture shifts in that same direction and begins to understand the importance of ownership over consumerism. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Investees, a Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust production. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. A special thank you to the team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, Asia Simpson, and Nina Gensler-Debs. <laughs>